Welcome to the Pearl of Great Price podcast. Thanks for joining us today. It's the 10th of November. And on this day in Christian history, we go back to the year 1563 and we travel to Trento in Italy, where the legislation of the Catholic Church was agreed concerning clandestine marriage. Up until now, clandestine marriages had been considered valid because in sacramental theology, the sacrament of marriage, uniquely out of the seven sacraments, was not administered by a priest, but the couple to each other. So a clandestine marriage, just involving the couple, with no other witnesses, was sacramentally valid. These marriages could lead to problems. Questions over the legitimacy of children, difficulties over inheritance, and the potential for conflict between those who considered they had a right to a voice in the matter. Various attempts to legislate against secret or clandestine marriages have been made by local and provincial councils, from Salzburg to Padua, from Prague to Cologne. However, the Council of Trent gave it a chance to be universally promulgated. The canon out of the council is often referred to as temetzi, which is Latin for although. And it declared that while the church has always disapproved of marriages contracted secretly or without the consent of parents, temetzi declared that clandestine contracts of marriage freely entered into were still valid unless rendered null by the non-observance of regulations made by the church. Effectively, on appeal, the church now could retrospectively annul a marriage, ending a long debate about the validity of marriage and producing sought-after reform. Although places where priests were not available was accepted from the canon, and it was not binding where the laws of Trent were not promulgated, a liturgical form for marriage was established. Couples newly married were expected to receive a priestly blessing in the church, having been prepared by confession and communion. The law would become known as the Temetzi Degree, and it stated this decree shall begin to take effect in every parish on the expiration of 30 days to be reckoned from the day of its first publication in that church. The decree was actually never published in wide areas of the church and entire nations were left unaffected by it. In other nations the decree was published in some places, whilst not in others. And the result was again continuing doubt concerning the validity or invalidity of many marriages. However, it was extended almost universally in a modified form by the Ne Temer Decree of 1908 of Pope Pius X, which added that the marriage must be registered in the place where the contracting parties were baptised. Changing the law to require a witness established the canonical form of marriage for validity, making clandestinity an impediment 
and it also established a juridical form of marriage. To be considered valid, the marriage required the presence of the parish priest or his deputy authorised by him or the ordinary and the presence of two or three witnesses. Bans were to be read before the marriage was to take place and for the first time a record of the marriage was to be kept. The laws were also meant to protect the least powerful in the arrangement which were almost always women. Previously, the Fourth Latin Council of 1215 and the Pope Innocent III, with the medieval papacy arguably at the peak of its power, had revolutionised marriage law in that it had stated that a valid marriage could not be contracted from sixth cousin to third cousin and required that bans be read before marriages in the hope that impediments would be revealed before the knot was tied. In the centuries before the, between the Fourth Lateran Council and the Council of Trent, the marriage system in the medieval church had achieved in some respects an internal consistency governed by general principles. A positive law of marriage, that is, a man-made law designed to implement divine principles, but no, not coterminous with them, was included in the easily accessible corpus of canon law and a network of courts all over Europe was staffed by men who knew enough to apply it. Papal justice could reach all over Europe through a system of judges delegate and could be meticulous about the formal rules of procedural law. In terms of global history, which traces the expansion of Christianity, the influence of the Council of Trent on the world as a whole may be seen in this solution to the problem of clandestine marriages. There were problems that existed in other societies outside of Christianity, but this provided a unique mechanism for dealing with them. And as missionary waves spread around the world, often this practice would be incorporated into local, national and secular laws too. The Council of Trent is often understood as being a reaction to the Reformation, but this decree is the first one that states positive law has the power to impose conditions on the validity of marriage. If marriage is understood as one of the most significant social contracts made in a person's life, then this had a profound effect on shaping civilization. That's all from the Pearl of Great Price today. Thanks for listening. Join us tomorrow if you can as we look at how the General Synod voted in favour of the ordination of women. And as we are coming towards the end of a year of podcasts, it's unlikely that next year we will be able to keep up producing a daily podcast, unless funding allows it. If you wish to support us, and thank you for those who have expressed interest so far, or you can suggest themes for series of podcasts for next year, please email us on pogppod at gmail.com. Our archives can be found at www.pogp.net. If you have time, please subscribe and share the podcast with friends. And thank you to Kevin McLeod for the music. And have a lovely day wherever you are.
and thanks for listening.